It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. because I am a roaring lion crying out, Righteousness! <laughs> well, welcome everybody <laughs> to the roaring lion. And the trusted Lord, our I am the roaring lion, your host, James David, trusting in the Lord, roaring lion, manning. <laughs> oh, what a great way to start the, the broadcast. We prayed it all as well. We've got a beautiful day here in the Big Apple. Look at that bright sunshine. Sunlight spilling out all over Lenox Avenue, uh, as you can see with that active and um, vibe scene behind me, as you can very well see. Going to have a lot of fun with that lion. Roaring righteousness. Uh, we are, uh, would like today to, uh, try to give some understanding to the, uh, the tribulation in heaven, uh, or what will happen as both heaven and earth, uh, 
or on the, the, the prophecy block to be reestablished or recreated or redesigned. As we understand from John the Revelator uh, and, and chapters 21 of the Revelation that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm going to try to give some detail about how, uh, as we have, uh, as we've gone over and as Evangelist Brown has requested, or at least made mention of, and perhaps some of the others may have some thoughts regarding this as well, because it might be a, a, a introductory or a new thought that you have not been exposed to in previous biblical or church activities. The fact that heaven itself, you know, there's going to be a new heaven and even be probably a very well known that there'll be a new Jerusalem. No, I'm saying, I am saying that the new Jerusalem will be Atla, but that's an argument that you do not have to agree to. But, you know, as Evangelist Brown may have stated, or, and others may be of the con- same concern, you're saying that heaven will go through tribulation as well. We're going to try to explain that as best we possibly can. Um, but before we get to that, or, or leading up to that, I think the most appropriate way to get to that, if we can get to it today, is to understand something about the war in Ukraine and how it is a part of the um, the tribulation prophecy and that is being controlled by the prophecy. Now, there have been lots of wars. There was World War II, which was quite vicious, and millions of people died in World War II. And I have to tell you, as horrible as what Russia is doing in Ukraine now, Hitler did far worse. You'll remember the count of Jews, the number of Jews that were uh, baked or fried or in ovens in a vicious way by Hitler, numbers as many as 6 million, as many as 20 million. If you To understand something about the prophecy controlling the war in Ukraine, I think we need a better understanding of history, and most preachers don't have that. But to understand Russia and it, as Mother Russia and the USSR, more than 20 million Russians lost their lives um, uh, in the the um, in the war with with with, with Germany. I'm sorry, two million lost their lives uh, in the war with uh, with 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 Hitler, uh, and then of course 20 million lost their lives in the war transferring Russia from a monarchy to a communist nation. So when you look at Mother Russia and you look at the people of Russia. You have to understand that people, they are a different breed of people that we find in the West in terms of their endurance and their understanding of suffering and death and how much death has been in their land. We've never lost that many people in anything. America's never lost over a million people in anything. So our endurance is different. By the way, I keep looking at the fact that my endurance and my understanding of life is completely different for most people who've never had my experiences, as um, Brother Holnaker expresses in his music about me. But having said that, so you have to understand the perspective from Jesus rather than the perspective of what you're going to get from CNN or the Washington Post or MSNBC or even Fox News about the war in Ukraine and its relevancy to the tribulation and the prophecy spoken by Ezekiel, the prophet in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 2, regarding Gog, which is which um, Russia is and, and the beast. Um, and then, of course, China being Magog, which will 
at some point, we'll talk about China's uh, responsibility to uh, the prophecy controlling China as well with respect to the war. But as awful as that war is at present, it's not the worst thing that has happened in terms of wars. Now, it can get worse. I'm not saying, and neither am I minimizing the fact how awful it is. It's tragic. It's, it's awful what's going on. But this is just the beginning. And what Jesus says after he gives us that narrative about the wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, you know, famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places, he said, hold up. That's just the beginning. It's going to get worse than that. Oh, in, 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 in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 8, he says it's going to get worse than the worst war. It's going to get worse than the worst earthquake. And I think that most people don't have an appetite to, to digest those words from Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. I don't think they have an appetite. By an appetite, I mean most people are Satan worshipers. Now they, you, you, they go to church, but they're satanic. Well, look at what it says, and, and this is Jesus talking. You should hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, see that to be in our trouble. <laughs> For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The wars are as ravaging as these wars. And, and again, the war in Ukraine is nowhere near some of the wars that have been fought previously, nowhere near it. You know, at, uh, in Gettysburg here in America, over 58,000 lost soldiers died in one day. And Jesus says also, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and earthquakes and pestilence and, pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning. He says, hold on. This is just the beginning of difficult times. Now, most people don't have the appetite for this, and I can demonstrate this. Jesus is going to demonstrate it. I'll say it in another way if I can get to it a little bit later on today. And by the fact that most people don't have an appetite, and especially Christians, so-called Christians, don't have an appetite, it's because really most Christians are about the world. They're about Satan. And they don't really pay very much attention. They don't take Jesus serious. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Christians, if that's what they call themselves, religious people, they don't take Jesus seriously. They don't believe this. Oh, if it happened, it ain't going to happen to them, they think. They don't take this, these scriptures serious. Or they go to church and they look to ingratiate themselves somewhere, somehow or another with a, you know, a better life or, or somehow or another steal something from Jesus. But I, I, I've been a pastor for 40 years. I can tell you something. Uh, and, and not the outlaw people. I'm not talking about, talking about them, but I, members rather. But I can tell you, people don't take the Bible seriously. They don't because they don't want to. I mean, take an issue like the Sabbath, for instance, right? It's as clear and plain as a nose on your face. The Sabbath, the Sabbath. What's the big deal? But people don't take it seriously. They think, I'll do what I want to do. And so... You think things are bad now. They're going to get worse. And they're only going to get worse because you cannot convince these people. You can't convince people to worship on the Sabbath. They're not going to do it. My grandmama, my uncle was a pastor. We worship on Sunday. And then they off they go. And Anyway. But my amazement that Jesus would give such an assessment of humanity. 
that they're going to be they're people. And I tell you, I've, I've tried my best with people. And thank God for the members of Outlaw who, you know, who, who, who do take this scripture, these scriptures seriously. But I've been around the church for 40 years. I can tell you, my friend, people don't give two dams about what Jesus said if it isn't a blessing. Now, if it's a blessing, not necessarily that they take it seriously, but they want it. They want it. And if there's any requirement in front of that blessing, well, they will, maybe they'll take a pass on that. But people don't take Jesus seriously. Not the Bible. They don't take it seriously. So it's important. I, again, I said I find it amazing um, that, that Jesus would make such a statement. And I, I can tell you this. is I've, I've never in, I've done some historical reading. Um. And, you know, I, I, so I don't profess to be a historian myself because there's all kinds of history. There's biblical, biblical history, there's world history, there's American history, there's French history, there's German history. There's all kind of history, you know. There's, you know. But I, I, I find it, um, I'm, I'm amazed that people, that, and even in their struggles, and the, their lives are really going to hell they still don't take the word of God seriously. So Jesus knew this and said, what we're going to do with these people is going to kill them all. And I'll start all over again with a group on a, um, in a 1,000-year in reign. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. And, um, but Jesus also gives the Noah comparison. Jesus said uh, in, in Matthew 24, I think it's 39, he says, that when the end finally does come, when everything is, even with all these wars, people are still going to be trying to have a good time. Getting married, giving in marriage, having parties, chamberlain, all that kind of a thing. Um, because they just don't take Jesus serious. <laughs> and this may be a new thought to some of y'all, but you have to realize, you have to realize that people don't take the word of God serious. <laughs> and, and engineer, would you please put that verse up where Jesus said, even with all the things that have been prophesied, Noah told them for 120 years, God going to kill all of y'all. Noah said, righteousness <laughs> for 120 years. You, you think they listen to Noah? And Jesus recounts that. He says, and knew not until the flood came. And took them away. Uh, and so shall the Son of Man be. I think verse 38 probably talks about Noah, but we don't have to go in. I think most people are ready to deal with that. But, I'm, I, I, you know, there's so many people I've tried to help them. I've tried to tell them the Jesus way. They won't do it. Now, they like going to church. They love being religious. They like singing on the choir sitting on the front row. But they don't take Jesus serious. Or the word of God serious, unless it promotes a blessing. Well, then let's see if we can get that on us, but we, we're not going to take the wrath or the instructions or the commandments or the submission. We're not doing all of that, you know. So I, um, I, I, I would also like to, 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 uh, to state, if I possibly can, that 
the, the where we are presently in the war in Ukraine, uh, and it and it's on television. I think this is the only war of its magnitude that we've been able to see. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. Every day. Uh, and get reports 24 hours a day. There's never been a, a war televised. I think, you know, Gil Scott Heron might be wrong. He said the, the revolution would not be televised. Or televised. Well, he was like, you know, like George Orwell in, you know, the, the 1984. 1984, 84 is coming and gone. Things got far worse than Orwell. And the war is televised. The Vietnam War, we got reports, maybe 10, 15 minutes of reports, in the app, in the evening with Walter Cronkite of you know some of these other guys from that era, but this thing's on television twenty four seven. Having said that, um, let me just say, is it, Pastor, things are going to get worse. Yes, my my reference a few moments ago to historical horrors is this: is that there's never been a time in history, any place on planet Earth that has been recorded where a nation of people will make it their appointed duty to teach young children in their toddler stage about sexual orientation. The, uh, you, you know, the, Mothers, you know, would have to take that child to the bathroom. That boy get old enough to go to the bathroom by himself. She stops doing that. She don't want to be, you know, fooling around there with that boy or a girl, for that matter. But and and young girls, when they come into their their, their period of childbearing, where they you know have their menstrual, then the mother sits her down and talks to her about it. But listen to me. And you have to understand something about just how evil the world is going to get more than it is now. We may be wishing for the days of Ukraine to come back because the world is good. We're living in America in particular is leading the march on this of talking to a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old about sexual orientation. And there'd be one thing if that was just all they were doing. Say, so, well, you have, you know, you have male equipment, it's called a penis, etc. Later on, as you come into puberty and you become seated, you will be able to uh, to impregnate the opposite sex, which is a girl or female. Well, you know, if they were just doing that, that would be wrong. It would be wrong to do that. It would be despicable. 
to violate a young boy at that age with that. Not at that age. He's not ready to hear about that. Tell him about playing with toys, or, you know, but not that. And, of course, the same thing with a girl. What they're doing is that they're going, they're pushing beyond that and pushing and saying, yeah, but what you have is not God's intent for you, or you can change God's mind, or you can choose your sex. Unbelievable. Never in the history of the world. Now, you know, I prophesied years ago, I, God spoke, that Barack Hussein Obama was a long-legged Magdalene, the son of Satan. Y'all didn't believe me. But it's okay. I was cool. But never in the history of humanity has anything ever been done like this to children. Never. Never in the history of humanity. I was watching something the other day about a, uh, in Afghanistan where a very poor family, after America pulled out of Afghanistan, a very poor family sold their nine-year-old daughter to a 65-year-old man to be, his, to be his, his, his bride. She's nine years old. He's 65. And the little girl was crying, and, but the father said, we don't have money to feed her. We, can't, we don't have money. We're poor. At least he can take care of her. And, you know, everybody thought how awful that was. And I need to try to find that clip. I'm going to ask our program director to find that clip. I think it's important that we display that, that you see that. It was on CNN. It was during the days shortly after America pulled out from Afghanistan, those people running alongside those planes. We'll look for that. But everybody went up in arms. Oh, how awful that is that a nine-year-old girl has become become a, a child bride. Yeah. Yeah, but, but what about a five and a six-year-old being told what it is to be a child bride and, and, and then told they can choose not to go the route of the woman even though God made you so? I mean, how despicable. There has never, there has never been anything that evil towards humanity in the entire history of humanity evil and super evil. That takes the cake. By that, I mean to take a five-year-old, and Obama's given the license to do this through the Supreme Court, and America loves it. The church loves it. Ooh, 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 ooh. We got Katanja Brown Jackson. Ooh, Little girls can now aspire to get to the Supreme Court as the first black woman. But she approves of this. This despicable behavior. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How proud we are. Oh, this is a great moment for history. This is a great moment for black history. This is a great moment for the church. Katonja Brown Jackson. What a bunch of devils. But there's never been an evil like this. I mean, I think it's awful that, you know, that a young girl at nine years old is sold to be a bride. But Muslims have been doing this for years. You know, they have been, they've been, and 
it's part of the Islamic culture. I don't agree with it. But for to tell a young girl you can be a boy. <laughs> At any rate, having said that, I want to state that we are opening the doors to our school. Um, we can take 17 uh, students from kindergarten to the eighth grade into, if you feel that you have been battered, that your child is in the public school system, and you don't want your child being taught that, our school, if you can get to our school tra- travel-wise here in the New York City area, or online, if you like, from Sacramento, California, or wherever, online, we will take your child into our school. We will teach them, we will feed them, we will love them, we will teach them the truth, and we will protect them. And it will not cost you one red cent to bring your child out of those dens of iniquity called the public school system and into our school system. We will take them, and we'll take 12 high schoolers as well from ninth grade to 12th grade. Now, we don't have a large facility here to take in a lot of people, but we can do a lot online. We can take on, uh, we're the best uh, in, in terms of educating online, because during the pandemic days when everybody was online, our students excelled and our teachers were professional at that. So my response to this unprecedented evil, there's never been an evil, not even the wars and the killing and the raping that's going on in Ukraine is as bad as what's going on in the kindergarten, the first grade, second and third grade schools here in America. The, the war in Ukraine will look like something, you know, that somebody would give a, a, a peace prize to compared to the destruction, the molestation, the spiritual molestation. And that is being done to our young people. So our response is to say, bring your child to our school. And, you know, the other thing is I open up earlier. People just don't take God's word seriously. You know, they don't. They say, well, if Obama said that you can be a, a girl if you're a boy, then who is God to, to correct Obama? And so, in fact, a woman told me that standing right in the, in the sanctuary of our church. A woman said that to me or something similar. There's never been, there has never been anything as ugly as what's going on in America right now. And up uh, with the churches and, you know, the schools and preachers and pastors and everybody getting along with it. All right, everybody, I, uh, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and try to, try to correct that question in case Evangelist Brown or somebody's got more questions about the tribulation of heaven. I'll try to get to that in just a few moments. But Mr. Engineer, let me, let me go to Heavenly Father. Jesus, we, um, you know, I just, the Spirit said, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus is on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. I think that's good. Ask Jesus about the teachings that I'm doing. Now, one, before I go to break, uh, I want to inform you about our uh, resurrection uh, celebration schedule. 
And uh, what we're going to be doing uh, in the res- resurrection, as you know, we're in this very holy period now, um, is that starting on Friday morning, which will be the 15th of, um, of April, I will fast and pray for 49 hours at the Atla Church Sanctuary Altar, pardon me, starting Friday, the 15th of April at 7 a.m. I will go into the altar, into the uh, the sanctuary, and I will not leave the altar or the sanctuary nor break my fast until Sunday, the 17th of April at 8 a.m. That's number one. Number two is that the seven last words, worship will happen in the Outlaw Sanctuary Friday, uh, the 15th of, of April at 12 noon. And by the way, it's going to be all women at the cross uh, this coming Good Friday. Uh, all women of our church, uh, mainly young women of our church, and these women will be introduced by their mothers. So you're going to see women. Well, one mother has two daughters in the roster and in the, in the makeup. But you're going to see a group of women carrying out the worship service. I will be in the sanctuary, but and Elizabeth will be doing the presiding over this event. But it's going to be an exciting event. It's going to happen at 12 o'clock noon, high noon, on this coming Friday. Now, again, on the, the Sabbath worship uh, will happen Saturday, as we always worship on Saturday, as you very well know. Uh, that'll be the 16th, and that'll happen at 10 a.m. Uh, also. And, um, the, um, and then, of course, the sunrise resurrection service commemorating Jesus getting up out of the grave, out of, out of the tomb uh, at, at, at sunrise or early that morning the 17th of April, so we'll, we will all assemble here in the sanctuary at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning for the sunrise, what is known by some of y'all as Easter, but it's really the resurrection. And um, then finally, the Allah High School system will be on spring break from the 15th of April to the 22nd of April, and we're asking you to join us for these, uh, these sacred and what I believe to be some very powerful religious celebrations uh, all of this week. Praise Almighty God. I'm going to be right back. Stay tuned. Don't leave. You know, all the things that people say about me in terms of being a hate preacher or other things. But I know my heart. And to my own self, I will be true. I know that I love God's people. I know that. You ask any of the children in this church, the children, now don't ask the adults. Well, you can, perhaps. You ask the children of this church, does Pastor Manning love you? They'll tell you, yeah. Without without thinking about it. I know in my heart, I love God's people. Now, people say a lot of things about me. I know how to lie. I know how to steal. Kidding me? I did it as a profession. But I'm not going to do that to God's people. Because I love God's people. And uh, what I want to be able to express, I tell people the truth. The answer is not in blackness. I can tell you that now. Now you may think it is. You may think because somebody got some television space or work on 
at a university as a professor or long-standing, if you will, racist, but only the truth is going to set us free. And I have to explain. I know people say that I'm just after people's money. I try to help poor people who ain't got two dimes to rub together living from paycheck hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To possibly paycheck. Hoping somebody will slap them into the middle of next week so they can collect their paycheck early. Because that's how scarce money is in their life. And yet, they think when I ask them for the tithe and the offering, I'm trying to steal something from them. But God said, just like Jesus said, it is the truth that sets you free. It is the tithe and the offering that will bless your life. It's what I preach. Not trying to steal anything from you as poor as you are. I'd be embarrassed to rob you, to steal from you. Moreover, it was God who said, bring the tithe and the offering. I'm a loving pastor. I'm a generous pastor. I'll give you the back off of my back, not just the shirt off my back, but I will give and give until I can't give anymore. You don't know anybody as generous as me and then you're going to say I'm after your money? You don't know nobody. I've given and given and given and you're going to call me a thief after your money? With your poor self, your broke self. I help poor people. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you come from. Pastor Manning will help you. All over the city, they'll tell you. You poor? Go set church up. Pastor Manning will not turn you away. Pastor Manning will help you. Nothing required. If you need help, and as Elizabeth stated, with Dr. Hartfield being born in this building and now singing the way she's singing, teaching in this building, she's come back to pay, I suppose, give it back to the people that once helped her. But as Elizabeth stated this morning, that the work that I do help people to become homeowners. Let you know that you have to have a home, property, equity. I help people go to college, medical school, law school. People who would not think about these higher 
education places. Were it not for my insistence upon, get that education, get that education. People weren't even thinking about it, but going on to great heights because of my love to see them succeed. We have a cadre of professionals in this church today where normally you wouldn't find that, but it's because of my loving spirit. Married couples, people's marriages that have lasted because they've stayed in the church. Had they left the church, the marriage would have failed. People getting married because they're in the church. Women out there in this church going out there bringing those men to this house to be husband and wife. Don't call me a thief. (laughs) Don't call me a hater. Just look at what God is doing. What's wrong with you? (laughs) The devil's got a hold of you. Yes, this message is for Honorable James Manning. I just watched his um, stream from 12 hours ago. And he talks about how the black people or black men never built anything. Well, I'm here to tell you, he has. He's built a temple from here, from earth up to heaven. And there's no, I don't think there's any scientists or engineer or anything like that uh, that can say that they've done what James Manning has done. So he is the one black man that has done more than any of them. He's done more than Martin Luther King. As much as I love Martin Luther King, he didn't reach the people that Mr. James Manning reached because Dr. James Manning has reached so many people through YouTube itself um, all over the world. And he has built something that will never be moved, will never be shaken. And what he has done, uh, God just shines upon him and he respects God and Christ. And you look at a lot of these churches that have been taken over by false preachers and I think they were injected into the churches to destroy the church and to destroy the faith uh, so that people will not believe in God or Christ anymore and that is the goal and he keeps fighting them and I respect him and I tell you God respects him and Christ respects him and he has built a tower a, a concrete tower, a golden tower, whatever you want to call it, that reaches from earth to heaven. And he has saved so many people and touched so many people's lives. And he will be greeted when he crosses over one day. And his wife has helped him. They're right there with him. So she gets credit, too. Um, by the most beautiful um, people he could ever imagine, ever. I don't think, he, you know. But anyways... He's a wonderful man, and he is the one man that has built more than any of them, any of them. And and they cannot sit there and, you know, they all march around in front of the cameras and everything and, you know, trying to be like Martin Luther King. But Mr. Manning is actually bigger than Martin Luther King. I just wanted to say that and tell him how much we love him and appreciate him, and, and I'm sure that God does and Christ does as well. Thank you. Have a good day. I'm here because I am a roaring lion crying out, Righteousness! As stated, we are uh, opening the doors of our school now to any parent who wants to get their children out of those jungles, out of those 
places where uh, the satanic uh, attack upon young children is being made legal and glorified by churches and politicians, uh, we are opening the doors of our school. Now, we can only take 12 of the 17, rather, of the uh, younger students and 12 of the high school students, but we can do online as well if you you, you live in, I don't know, you live in Texas or Florida, you live in Ohio. We are the best at online ed- educating, and we will educate your child to become an extreme professional. Uh, you're going to be so delighted uh, to have your child participating with our school. And uh, the, um, But we want to be able to help people, uh, and it's not going to cost you anything uh, to have that take place. So I want to, again, restate that. Now, so what we'd like to express, of course, is that Jesus said that, in so many words, that religious people don't take him nor God nor the word of God seriously unless it was respond, unless you're teaching blessings. Now, if you're teaching people blessing or how to get money or how to do this, that, and the other, then they're all good to go if it doesn't require anything just for them to get blessed. But Jesus said that, when the wars happen and the earthquakes happen, people are not going to say, oh, we're in the tribulation. Um, and this is what Jesus prophesied. We better get right with righteousness now rather than religious. They're not going to do it. Jesus said they didn't do it during the days of Noah. And he says they're not going to do it now. Uh, and so therefore he's going to kill them all. <laughs> uh, but people don't take the word of God seriously. And then and, and the other thing I think is important, Jesus said that, um uh, yeah, the, the things are going to get worse than the war in Ukraine. And the Ukrainian war is not the worst war ever. It just, I mean, it's awful. It's horrible. But it's not the worst war. And they're going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. The war here in America, it's coming to America, maybe not this year, but it will be here. Maybe it will be this year. I don't know. Now, I'll be doing a piece a little bit later on in the Manning Report about when will America enter the war? When will America put boots on the ground in Ukraine? I'll be asking that question a little bit later on. But Jesus said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. That John the Revelator said after the 1,000-year reign, which happens in Revelation 20, in Revelation 21, he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth will pass away. And uh, and then he mentions there was no more seed. Leave that there for just a second, Mr. Engineer. So perhaps it's been, this is a new thought that has been introduced to you spiritually that heaven will go through a tribulation as well. Now, whether, whether it should be called a tribulation or not, I don't want to violate the Holy Ghost or John the Revelator or Jesus or anybody regarding calling heaven a tribulation. But heaven... The, the present heaven that was a part of the creation process um, the, the, that we now have as present heaven will be destroyed. And rightly so. It's been profaned by Lucifer and by others. It will be destroyed. But also biblically understanding, and this is elementary in terms of most people's biblical understanding, is that heaven and earth... Were consist were made as a marriage, uh, as as male and female. 
when God in the beginning, God in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth as a marriage, as he did Adam and Eve. The heaven was not distinct. That is to say, God could not have created earth without first creating heaven. One would want to ask, well, you know, somebody like I said, virtuous, virtuous reader would want to ask, well, where did God live before he created heaven? It's a great question. <laughs> but where heaven and read your Bible in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. They were Siamese twins, if you will. They were married. Heaven and earth are married one to the other. Man on earth, God in heaven. Case closed. But John the Revelator says there's going to be a new heaven and obviously a new earth. You wouldn't want to have a new heaven and the old earth. You want to have an old heaven and the new earth. It contradicts. But in a stronger way, anybody who's willing to accept God's word, anybody who's willing to accept God's word, would understand that the dynamics of the creation process itself cannot be violated. That is to say, you can't have earth without heaven, and you can't have heaven without earth. There's, and you can't have just all heaven and no earth. And you can't have LGBTQ. It's a, it's a violation. It, it is something that Satan has done that God had nothing to do with. In addition to a lie, Satan has created a gender dynamic that refutes, that rebukes, that disputes the creation narrative about man and woman. But the heaven and earth narrative informs the marriage of man and woman. And for anyone to try to take it beyond that, you, 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 and, and, for, and for a even the, the most vilest person or the, 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 anybody with a, an occasional understanding about, about spirituality and love for God would never entertain homosexuality. They would never entertain it. As a reality, to entertain to to for to entertain homosexuality at the altar to marry man to man is like saying preachers now saying we are now going to ordain and authenticate and bless lies and liars. We're going to make the church the haven for lies. Of course, some of them already are. You would never think that a pastor would stand up and say, lying is now accepted because the Supreme Courts have said you should lie and can lie. And so we're now going to bless and uh, ordain lies and liars as a part of our sacred order going forward. How ridiculous is that? You say, Pastor Matt, no, no one would ever do that. Go ahead and drop that scene, Mr. Engineer. But Jesus said this, that heaven and earth will pass away before his word about man and woman. So there has never been a time as evil as the time we're in now. But I got news for you. It's going to get worse. <laughs> Jesus said this is just the beginning of sorrows. Well, how much worse can it get? I don't know, but I know where to go. Get out of religion and do it fast. 
Get out of religion and do it fast. Jesus says this. He says of the, 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 the tribulation of heaven and earth, he says, and getting out of religion and getting into righteousness, he says this. He says, if your eyes are now open to the truth and you are now finally taking God's word serious, you stop just going. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the church because you're religious, and you realize it, and that has symbolic to you being on the top of the roof of your house where you live with other people. He says, don't go back down into the house to try to get them people who still want to go to the Baptist, the Methodist, the Catholic, the Church of God in Christ, the Quakers, the Mormons, the Episcopalians, the Anglicans. He said, don't go back in the house to get them. Mr. Engineer, could you find me the Revelation, I mean, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24? I, I think it's verse 32. Um, uh, and, and Jesus is given a narrative. Now, this, when you do an, a, an edit of this, you would see that um, 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 roll it down a few verses further, see if I can find that verse. Go ahead, keep rolling. <clears throat> okay, right, right, right there. Verse 40. This is, if you, if you would exegete this passage, you would rearrange that order of which that's been said. But having said that, uh, from a, if you will, scholarly point of view, what Jesus says is this. He says, if you finally began to take God's word serious, which most people have never done, and don't, don't feel bad, it's you. Listen, the Jews did not take God's word serious when Moses came down off the mount. They didn't. They told Moses to get lost. You ain't the only one. They didn't take God's word serious. Even after they saw him open the Red Sea, they still didn't take God serious, nor Moses. They didn't take Noah serious. They didn't. So don't get, don't think that somehow or another, you're special. You know, you're the only ones that never take. People don't take God's word serious. A few people do, but most don't. But he says, if you happen to be one of those blessed ones, that want to get out of religion and into righteousness. Get out of these hell holes called churches and get into righteousness. Don't go back and try to get your family. Don't do it. Because if you do, 
You won't escape. You'll never get out of that house. You'll be like Lot's wife. He says, if your eyes are open, just keep running. Here's, what, here's how Jesus said it. Put it back up, this, verse 40. There shall be two in the field, and one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what the hour that doeth uh, that come. But this know, the good men of the house knoweth, and what, if he knew what, what, what the watch the thief would come, he would have watched. Um, so th- th- there is that house, that rooftop thing. I got to find that verse. I think it's back in verse 16. I think it's verse 16. Roll back on to 16. I just want to get there. I don't have a minute or so left. We're almost out of time. Roll back to 16. See if it's there, 16. I'm looking at my verses here. Uh, let's see now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, verse, yeah, there you go. Verse 17. Let him, but we do, we do 16 too, driving you crazy, Miss Engineer. Then let them which be in Judea, if, you, if you're in the so-called holy city, get out of there. Get out of there like Noah got out of Sodom and Gomorrah, flee to the mountains. Verse 17. Let him which is also on the housetop. And this is an analogy of Jesus saying that if you finally come, you finally realize that it ain't about religion, ain't about Southern Baptists, ain't about Baptists, ain't about Methodists. This is just religion set up by the devil for the most part. And if you can get out of that, if you can get out of that house, if you can get out of that church, don't go back there. If you can get out of that church, don't go back there to try to get your family. Don't go back. Just run. Flee. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And warn to them that are with child or to them to give sucker in those days. But pray thee that your flight, and it needs to be a flight, be not in winter, neither, winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So I, I'm going to have to leave it right there. I haven't completely dealt with the uh, heaven going through a tribulation period, but I have to, uh, my time is up for this hour. Uh, we'll continue to teach. God give me the strength to teach. But my friend, it ain't about religion. It's about righteousness. And few there be. And again, People just don't take God's word serious. More than a million and a half people died out there in the wilderness with Moses, with all that power Moses had, because people just don't take the Sabbath serious. They don't take God's word serious. They love religion. They love it, but not God's word. I'll be back again. Tribulation to you. 
now is, is to give truth a chance. All I've ever told anybody is the truth. Now, just because you didn't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. And I'm asking... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People, to give truth a chance. It just don't seem to stop When you're ready to move far beyond That same old dance All you gotta do is listen, yeah And give truth a chance Give truth, give truth a chance Everybody Come on and sing it. Give truth a chance. Give truth a chance. I'm here because I am a roaring lion crying out. Welcome, everybody, to the Manning Report. I am Manning, the quintessential American and now the Roaring Lion, broadcasting from my studio located in our church building. Now, church building is located in the community form, and on this Harlem, but God Almighty has called the name of this, changed the name of this community to Unlock. That's what God said, the land where the people shall walk barefoot, because the land is holy ground. How is everybody doing? How do they like that Roaring Lion? Righteousness. And the movie is just beginning. <laughs> well, we got some very talented people here at our... Um, Media staff, look at how we are growing and the wonderful things that are happening in our production process. And by the way, the scene you see behind me is a live scene uh, looking north on uh, Lenox Avenue to 125th Street, where those taller buildings are. And uh, those, uh, we got a bit of a slight cloud, but mainly a blue sky with white clouds hanging over New York City. It's quite a sunshiny day. Temperatures are in the low 50s. I don't know what we have down in uh, in Sister Angela King's territory, South Carolina. Probably got a hundred down there. And Brother Miller and and Indianapolis, and Brother uh, Jesse Munoz out in San Bernardino Valley, California. By the way, want to give a shout out to Goldfinger. Goldfinger, he's the man, man with the mightiest touch. Uh, thank you, Goldfinger, for all your love and support. By the way, thank all of you for your prayers and support of the ministry. We wouldn't be able to do all these wonderful things we're doing as our ministry grows and flourishes were it not for people like you. So praise God for that. All right, what I would like to do at this moment is uh, segment number three, or let me, let me start over. 
what I like to do at this moment is truth is not hate, segment number three. And because I speak the truth, people think it's hate. And because I speak the truth against people in general, African-Americans or blacks, now they're Hamites. They think I do it because I, I'm a hater or that I hate. But I'm not lying. I'm speaking the truth. And I assume what they're saying is that, well, we all know it's true. But the only reason why anyone would say it is because they hate. But that is ridiculous. If it's true, it's true. And then truth is what Jesus said that will make you free. John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 32. Truth is not hate. Stop calling me a hate preacher. And if I speak, speak a spiritual truth of discernment, don't call that judging, which I do have the authority to judge righteously if you ever read your Bible. But what I want to say now, and particularly about people calling, calling themselves African-Americans, that has been the last name they've given themselves from Negro to colored to black to now African-American. And I want to speak a truth. And I want to speak this truth because I believe that this truth will set the African-American or the black person free. And that's why I'm doing it. Not because I hate him. I love him. I love him. In, in spite of all his faults and mistakes, I love him. And I don't know anybody who loves the African-American man more than I do. And I love all God's people, Japheth and Shemites too. Even call myself a Zionist Jew because I love the Jews. But I speak truth to him because all other tactics that he has used to upgrade himself has failed. And he needs to understand. He needs to know the truth. From the, from the power of Jesus, that's the one thing that's going to make him free. Not all the marching and protesting of black politicians and mayors and presidents and judges and all of that. That ain't going to do it. He needs to know the truth. So here, let's get started. Africa, of which he now identifies himself, with, which he's not, but he identifies himself with Africa. Now put on your seatbelts and understand the love that I'm trying to deliver to you. Africa is the lowest performing continent on the planet, hands down, bar none, full stop. South America, it has its, some of its beautiful cities in Brazil and, and some of the other in Peru and Venezuela and, and even in Guyana. But Africa, South Africa is no, I mean, uh, South America is nowhere near in terms of poverty as the continent of Africa. It is the lowest performing continent on the planet. And then it's collection of nations, or there are many nations and a billion people that live on the continent of Africa. They are the lowest performing nations, the lowest performing people. And I don't say that because I hate. I say it because it is statistically true. It is true. It is true, I tell you. And I want to find out why. I don't want to stick my head in the sand like an ostrich and 
act like it doesn't exist. Africa is at the bottom of the totem pole. And the, and the people, they are the lowest on the entire planet. Africa has the fewest buildings. Though it has a larger space. There are potentially more buildings on the little old island of Manhattan than there are in at least 20 to 30 African nations. I'm talking about just regular buildings. It has the fewest buildings. Now, again, this is not hate. Truth is not hate. And you say, well, we know it's true, but that's airing our dirty laundry. Truth is not dirty laundry. Why keep hiding it? Find out why. There are more buildings built on the little island of Manhattan. Forget about America. Africa has the least buildings of any other place on the planet where people inhabit or live or do business or manufacturing or education or schools or university. Africa is at the bottom of the totem pole. In fact, it's not even above ground. Full stop. That's not because I hate you, brother. It isn't because I hate you. It's just true. And I guess somebody's got to be that. I guess somebody's got to be at the bottom of the pole, but they don't have to be as far down as Africa is. You know, I, 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 I raised the, um, the question this past Sabbath about is there at least one building other than a church? Now, there are churches that black people, African-Americans, and they're Hamites is who they are. That's a, another thing they need to get, start uh, employing their real identity. But I raise the question, is there one building other than a church building on the entire island of Manhattan that was built by a black people or a black firm or a black organization? Is there one? Now, as you can see, all these buildings behind me, they're holding, this is just a little one, one block right here, here in New York City. The Manhattan Island, New York City, is I mean, got buildings galore everywhere you look. But there's not one on the entire island other than a church that was, uh, that was built by black folk. Now, the government may have built one for black people, but they didn't build it themselves, like those who built the Chrysler building or, unfortunately, like Donald Trump, who built all his buildings on the island of Manhattan. And that's the truth. Why is it? <laughs> the reason it being is because black people, African America, don't build. They don't have those technical skills. But they're back up there, Miss Engineer. That was the Chrysler building we saw just a moment ago. Those are, that, that's just a, that probably covers about eight blocks in Midtown Manhattan. The Chrysler building is where it's at, Midtown Manhattan. Not one of those buildings were built by black people or black corporation or black group. Not one of them because black people don't build. Year ago, a couple, well, a few years ago, during the Obama long-legged Mac Daddy era, I spoke another truth. Now, I don't hate, I, I don't, I don't hate you, man. <laughs> I let me tell you something. I'm probably the only person that loves you enough to tell you the truth. But I said that for all the years that black folk had Africa by themselves before the Portuguese or the Spaniards came across the Morocco Strait at, the, at Gibraltar and entered into Africa. The Africans never built a seaworthy vessel. They never built a boat. 
that could sail the sea. <laughs> and they were there all by themselves. There were, no, there were no white people holding them down, anything like that. And still haven't built one. Not a seaworthy one. The closest thing they came to it is when Marcus Garvey bought, purchased a lot of boats built by white folk. He called the Black Star Line to take people back to Africa. That's the closest they've ever gotten. Because black folk, African American, they don't build. They don't have those skills. And the, and the problem with this is that they're not replenishing your earth with anything but babies and basketballs. The only thing that the black man is replenished, now I know there's some things that are being done, some contribution, even the contribution that we're doing here. I understand that contribution by, uh, you know, Booker T. Washington, Marcus Garvey, a bunch of other people. I know those contributions, but you understand generally the only thing that he, that the black man does in replenishing the earth is with babies and basketballs because that's what they're good at. But they're not good at building boats or buildings. Years ago, I was at St. Anthony's College in Oxford, which is not London. It's Oxford. It's about 40 miles, I think, west of, of, of London, if I'm not mistaken. St. Anthony's College and the wall around it, those concrete building, concrete arched and wood and was built in the 11th century, uh, you know, over a thousand years ago, that building was built. You can't find anything like that in Africa. And I'm not saying that because I, listen, I, you know, I tell you, I keep trying to tell you, I, I, I brother, I love you. I'm just trying, why haven't you built? What's wrong with you? And I know what the answer is, but I, in order to wake you up, to make you a productive person, because without buildings, without you built, and not only that, you're not, but you've not built a great civilization or a great nation. Now, Dan Gote has done some things in Africa, and he has, he has built in Africa, and praise God for Dan Gote. He's built banks, he's been manufacturing, he's harvesting and farming, and built buildings and schools. Thank God for Dan Gote, and I acknowledge that. In fact, he's a billionaire. The, um, so I acknowledge that. I understand that. And I want to try to get an opportunity to sit down with Dan Gote. Should I get an op- the opportunity to arise? But people need to stop hating me because I speak this truth. You know, if black people own buildings and houses the way other people do, our wealth would be off the charts because usually in a building there's equity. Usually in a building, there is, you know, opportunity to make more money. And we don't have those. All we we do is march and protest and march and protest and never get anywhere. I don't I don't hate. I don't. I'm telling you. But God has sent me. It's only the truth. You can march. You can get civil rights. You can get a black president. You can get a black mayor. You can get a black judge. You're still going to be poor and doing worse now than you were at least back in, you know, that, that out there in Oklahoma, where they call it Black Wall Street. The, uh, and I don't know if they built those buildings or they occupied them, and they built businesses and industry there. We're worse now. I'm almost ready to go back to Jim Crow, North Carolina, before the marching of Dr. King, because during those years, we built schools. Yes, we did. We sure did. I'm telling you, we did. I'm telling you, telling you what God loves. We built churches, Howard. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. University, Fisk, uh, Tuskegee. You know, we built those things ourselves. Insurance companies, banks, and bank buildings. Then the marching started and all of that died. We all got caught up in civil rights and blaming white folk and saying they're the reason why our lives are so miserable. You're lying. You're lying. Before that period, Marcus Garvey was buying ships and building great institutions right here in Harlem where I'm at today. And we need to go back to that. And I'm trying to get y'all away from all this blackness, all of this hell, this ignorance, and this dumbfoundedness, apprising yourself for being a basketball player and a baby maker. Truth is not hate. And I'm not a hater. I'm not through with this. I'm going to wake y'all up one way or the other. Outlaw. That's what God said. God has sent me here to preach outlaw as your salvation, as your solution, as your very present help. I'm here to help you. Outlaw. That's what God said. And when you finally humble yourself and stop fighting me, stop fighting because you know I'm telling the truth. Stop fighting me. Humble yourself and come and sit to hear what thus saith the Lord. Not what thus saith Dr. King, but what thus saith the Lord. Because we were better off before Dr. King. I'm James Evan Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. Brother, I'm here to help you. You know, all the things that people say about me in terms of being a hate preacher or other things. But I know my heart. And to my own self, I will be true. I know that I love God's people. I know that. You ask any of the children in this church, the children, I don't ask the adults. Well, you can, perhaps. You ask the children of this church, does Pastor Manning love you? They'll tell you, yeah. Without, without thinking about it. I know in my heart, I love God's people. Now, people say a lot of things about me. I know how to lie. I know how to steal. Kidding me? I did it as a profession. But I'm not going to do that to God's people. Because I love God's people. 
And uh, wh- what I want to be able to express, I tell people the truth, the answer is not in blackness. I can tell you that now. Now, you may think it is. You may think because somebody got some television space or work on at a university as a professor or long-standing, if you will, racist. But only the truth is going to set us free. And I have to explain. I know people say that I'm just after people's money. I try to help poor people who ain't got two dimes to rub together living from paycheck to possibly paycheck, hoping somebody will slap them into the middle of next week so they can collect their paycheck early because that's how scarce money is in their life. And yet, they think when I ask them for the tithe and the offering, I'm trying to steal something from them. But God said, just like Jesus said, it is the truth that sets you free. It is the tithe and the offering that will bless your life. It's what I preach. I'm not trying to steal anything from you as poor as you are. I'd be embarrassed to rob you, to steal from you. Moreover, it was God who said bring the tithe and the offering. I'm a loving pastor. I'm a generous pastor. I'll give you the back off of my back, not just the shirt off my back, but I will give and give until I can't give anymore. You don't know anybody as generous as me, and then you're going to say I'm after your money? You don't know nobody. I've given and given and given, and you're going to call me a thief after your money with your poor self. Your broke self. I help poor people. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. Pastor Manning will help you. All over the city they'll tell you. You poor? Go set church out there. Pastor Manning will not turn you away. Pastor Manning will help you. Nothing required. If you need help. And as Elizabeth stated, with Dr. Hartfield being born in this building and now singing the way she's singing, teaching in this building, she's come back to pay, I suppose, give it back to the people that once helped her. But as Elizabeth stated this morning, that the work that I do help people to become homeowners. Let you know that you have to have a home, property, equity. I help people go to college, medical school, law school. People who would not think about these higher education places were it not for my insistence upon get that education, get that education. People weren't even thinking about it, but going on to great heights because of my love to see them succeed. We have a cadre of professionals in this church today where normally you wouldn't find that. But it's because of my loving spirit. Married couples, people's marriages that have lasted because they've stayed in the church. Had they left the church, the marriage would have failed. People getting married because they're in the church. 
women out there in this church going out there bringing those men to this house to be husband and wife. Don't call me a thief. (laughs) Don't call me a hater. Just look at what God is doing. What's wrong with you? (laughs) The devil's got a hold of you. Yes, this message is for Honorable James Manning. I just watched his um, stream from 12 hours ago, and he talks about how the black people or black men never build anything. Well, I'm here to tell you he has. He's built a temple from here, from earth up to heaven, and there's no, I don't think there's any scientist or engineer or anything like that uh, that can say that they've done what James Manning has done. So he is the one black man that has done more than any of them. He's done more than Martin Luther King. As much as I love Martin Luther King, he didn't reach the people that Mr. James Manning reached because Dr. James Manning has reached so many people through YouTube itself um, all over the world. And he has built something that will never be moved, will never be shaken. And what he has done... Uh, God just shines upon him, and he respects God and Christ. And you look at a lot of these churches that have been taken over by false preachers, and I think they were injected into the churches to destroy the church and to destroy the faith uh, so that people will not believe in God or Christ anymore. And that is the goal. And he keeps fighting them. And I respect him, and I tell you, God respects him, and Christ respects him. And he has built a tower a, a concrete tower, a golden tower, whatever you want to call it, that reaches from earth to heaven. And he has saved so many people and touched so many people's lives. And he will be greeted when he crosses over one day. And his wife has helped him, been right there with him. So she gets credit too. Um, and by the most beautiful um, people he could ever imagine, ever. I don't think, he, you know, but anyways. He's a wonderful man, and he is the one man that has built more than any of them, any of them. And and they cannot sit there and, you know, they all march around in front of the cameras and everything and, you know, trying to be like Martin Luther King. But Mr. Manning is actually bigger than Martin Luther King. I just wanted to say that and tell him how much we love him and appreciate him, and, and I'm sure that God does and Christ does as well. Thank you. Have a good day. I'm here because I am a roaring lion crying out, Righteousness. (laughs) Don't you just love it? (laughs) All right. Truth is not hate. Segment number four. Uh, a few months ago, when Joe Biden, my time, despicably withdrew from Afghanistan, leaving those people uh, to the clutches and violence of the Taliban, uh, there, there was a scene reported by one of the international uh, ch- uh, cable channels regarding the marriage of, I believe, of, of a nine-year-old girl to a 65-year-old man. I, I may have those, those years, uh, ages wrong, but they're close to it. I have the clip. I'm going to bring it up in just a moment. But, you know, this was a very painful to watch. And when America saw it, they all thought about how evil that this is that's happening 
and how evil is attacking uh, this, 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 this child bride. Uh, and so I'm going to ask the engineer to let the clip run, uh, and, and then I'll have some comments, Mr. Engineer. Put it on screen. Bawana's family moved to this camp in Baghdis province four years ago after her father lost his job. Humanitarian aid and menial work earning $3 a day, providing the basic staples to survive. But since the Taliban takeover two and a half months ago, any money or assistance has dried up. And with eight mouths to feed, Pawana's father is now doing the unthinkable. I have no work, no money, no food. I have to sell my daughter, he says. I have no other choice. Pawana, who dreams of going to school and becoming a teacher, applies makeup. A favorite pastime for little girls, but Pawana knows she is preparing for what awaits her. My father has sold me because we don't have bread, rice, and flour. He has sold me to an old man. The white bearded man who claims he's 55 years old comes to collect her. He's bought Pawana for 200,000 Afghanis, just over 2,000 US dollars. Covered up, Pawana whimpers as her mother holds her. This is your bride, please take care of her, says Pawana's father. Of course I will take care of her, replies the man. His large hands grab her small frame. Pawana tries to pull away. As he carries her only bag of belongings, she again resists digging her heels into the dirt. But it's futile. The fate of this small, helpless child has been sealed. The fate of this small, helpless child. And I think the introductory part was that what was getting ready to happen to her was unthinkable. And how horrible that is. That's, I mean, you would think that the father would rather die and let the child die before sending her to a life of death. But that's what's happening. And that's how awful. And everybody who saw that on television knows that that goes on in Islamic nations. And I'm not here to castrate or anyway speak ill against Islam. But we know that happens. But the reason why that's important today, because I want to tell you about something that's far worse than that, that's happening right here in America. The fact that America's education system is notable liberal Democrat politicians and its notable liberal media have all agreed that a five-year-old girl can be taught by a 55-year-old man about her vagina. And not just about her vagina, but that if she desires not to have a vagina, she can choose to be a boy. A 55-year-old man can teach a five-year-old girl about her vagina. That's a form of having sex with her. 
a 55-year-old woman or a 55-year-old man who calls himself a school teacher in America. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Public school systems can teach a five year old boy about his penis and can tell that five year old boy that if you choose not to be a boy, you don't want your penis, you can cut it off, or you can just decide to be bisexual, and that will be wonderful. Our culture accepts that. The teacher would say, the liberal media accepts it, President Joe Biden accepts it, uh, all of the liberal politicians accept it, many of the churches accept it. As a part of our culture, the way Islamic culture allows for a nine-year-old girl to be married to a 55-year-old man. Quite frankly, our children will be better off as Muslims rather than as Americans in the American education system. But one final thing as I go through this, truth is not hate. And by the way, I've explained I'm not a hater. I'm just teaching the truth. Because now I'm getting ready to point out something about the racism and debauchery, and unprecedented, patently profound evil that has swept itself up in America by 55-year-old men and women telling five-year-olds in school about their sexual orientation. Not long ago, in a Senate confirmation hearing for then-Senate candidate, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Supreme Court candidate, uh, court justice candidate Katanji Brown Jackson um, was asked by the senator from the state of Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, what is a woman? What is a woman? And by the way, what is it with these K, this Kamala, this Katanji? You got to learn how to pronounce all these crazy names. Are these names that are cooked up someplace in Hades? At any rate, this woman who was 55 years old, who was being questioned about her candidacy to become a Supreme Court justice here in America, was asked a question by a senator, what is a woman? And her response was, well, I'll let you see. Mr. Engineer, it's going to probably take a little time to build up to it, but go ahead and roll that segment, Mr. Engineer. I, I will tell you, too. Uh, with Georgetown Day School, I found it astounding that it teaches kindergartners, five-year-old children. And I've got grandchildren. And they teach them that they can choose their gender. So is this what you were praising when you applauded the, and I'm quoting you, transformative power of Georgetown Day School's progressive education? Do you agree that our schools should teach children that they can choose their gender? Senator, I'm not um, 
remembering exactly what quote you're um, referencing, but Georgetown Day School is... A, it was in a, a book, in a, and you gave the quote. Okay. Georgetown Day School is a private school. Yes. Um, that... Um, yeah, I, I'm asking, do you agree that schools should teach children that they can choose their gender? We have more to do. Hold on, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We have more to this question by Senator Blackburn. This woman is 55 years old. She's the same age as that Muslim that took that nine-year girl away and married her. And he wanted that nine-year-old girl not because of her education abilities, not because of her income, but because he wanted to have sex with her. Now, this is a 55-year-old woman headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And she would not protect the five-year-olds in America's school. She was asked poignantly by Senator Marsha Blackburn, do you support, disagree, or believe that a five-year-old should be told they can choose their agenda the way a 55-year-old man can choose a nine-year-old bride. I tell you, this woman is far worse than that 55-year-old man in Afghanistan because she did not protect, she did not protect the innocents. And the thing that outraged you about that nine-year-old girl is that she was too young for that. She's too young. Not now, maybe later. She's too young. A five-year-old is still is also too young, Katanji. A five-year-old is too young, Katanji. Protect them. You're a 55-year-old woman. Protect the young people, Katanji. All right, Mr. Engineer, continue. Senator, I'm not making comments about All right. what schools can teach let yeah. me let me ask you this then. Uh, you, United States versus Virginia, the Supreme Court struck down VMI's male-only admission policy. Writing for the majority, Justice Ginsburg stated, supposed inherent differences are no longer accepted as a ground for race or national origin classifications. Physical differences between men and women, however, are enduring. The two sexes are not fungible. A community made up exclusively of one sex is different from a community composed of both. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator... Respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's she hard for me you to... if you were familiar with it. She is stating it as a case by the Supreme Court upon which you are about to be seated. Do you agree with the court, uh, Katanji? I'll call you Justice Jackson. I don't mean to be insulted. Do you agree with the court that you're about to sit on? And you don't have to agree. You can say, you know, you can say, I disagree with the court's decision that the distinction between male and female are enduring and they're not fungible. She could say that. She could say, I don't agree with that. Or she could say, I agree. 
But like a, 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 a mafia criminal sitting in a courtroom trying to avoid the fact of truth. Go ahead, Miss Engineer. Okay. Comment I'd, as to whether. All right. Or not. I'd love to get your your opinion on on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the law, and I decide. So I'm not... The fact that you all right, okay, Mister. Yeah, I think get- we've heard enough of. Listen, listen, everyone. In my humble opinion, I believed in the deepest part of my heart and in the deepest part of heaven that Judge Katanji Brown Jackson lied three times to uh, Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn. I believe in the deepest part of my heart and the best parts of heaven that Katanji Brown Jackson lied to the Senate and she lied to the American people. I mean, I, I thought I was watching and I understand that you can't give full-throated opinions at these type of hearings because cases may come before you while you are on the bench, that can later be used against you as a cudgel or as a as a sledgehammer to say you've already given an opinion. I understand that. I wasn't born at night. If I was, it wasn't last night. I understand that. But there's no question about what a woman is or what a woman is not. That question, that should have been answered definitively. Moreover, Judge Brown, I think the, the most grievous thing here is that Katanji, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson refused to protect the children in America's schools. She refused to say that a five-year-old, like that nine-year-old girl in Afghanistan, should not be wed to that 55-year-old man. That's wrong. Whether it's the custom of Islam or not, it is wrong. It is a wrong custom. It needs to be turned around. The world needs to frown on it. The world needs to condemn it at the highest level. Don't let a 55-year-old man marry a 9-year-old girl. It's wrong. Whether it's a custom, whether it's the law of the land or not, it's wrong. It's wrong. But Judge Katanji Brown Jackson refused to protect the five-year-old children in America's school system by having 55-year-old men and women confuse them about their sexual orientation or organs. It's wrong. 
and she failed our children. She failed to protect them. She failed to acknowledge them. All that she might carry the favor of these wicked people who are promoting this unbelievable evil in our nation. Judge Katanji Brown, I charge you in my estimation as a man of God of being a, a liar from way back when. You are a liar in my estimation. In my estimation as a man of God, as a man who understands righteousness and truth, Good and evil, I charge you, Katanji Brown Jackson, as a liar before the court of America. I also charge you, Katanji Brown Jackson, as one who refused to defend our children in the schools of America. Our five and six-year-olds, you refuse to defend them by giving a definitive answer about the fact that they're being taught by 55-year-olds about their sexual choosing of gender. You refuse to protect our children, Katanji Brown Jackson. I charge you, I charge you with those charges. You are unfit, in my estimation, to sit on any court at anywhere, at any time, you are unfit in my estimation. And that America has gone down to a deep hole. And the very fact that you would not stand and defend the humanity's process of creation, of procreation, for the past 10,000 years of humanity, the fact that you would not stand and defend that as the way, not necessarily of God, not necessarily of the Bible, but of the glaring truth of humanity itself in every aspect of our being, male and female, continues humanity. You denied that. In my estimation, in my estimation, you are a liar, Judge Jackson. In my estimation, Judge Jackson, you refuse to defend the poor, the children, the weak, the innocent. In my estimation, Judge Jackson, you refuse to acknowledge what all the planet has acknowledged for years as truth. And so I would say to everybody who got on that high horse about the nine-year-old girl how horrific that was. And the 55-year-old man, well, I, I don't condone him or applaud him. But if I had to choose, which I would loathe to have to make a decision, <laughs> I would have to say that Katanji Brown Jackson and others, the liberal, me liberal media, Joe Biden, and others, they're all over everywhere. They're everywhere. You can shake a stick with this molestation of five-year-olds. I, 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 I see clearly now that there is an evil that's, that's in America now that's, that wants to destroy or promote a civilization that God does not acknowledge.
and that God condemns. And as his pastor, as his preacher, as his servant, I will continue to raise my voice. I ask you to pray with me. I'm up here in Harlem, by the way, and I'm going to let you go. I'm up here in Harlem. I'm in the den of iniquity. You may disagree with a lot of things I say, and probably because you're just not, you know, many of them are personal, like what I just said about her. I could, you could disagree about some of the things I've said about you, that you do that are wrong, and you don't take God's word seriously. But I need your help up here. The children need my voice. Did you hear me today? The children need my voice. Because they've got the voice of Katanji Brown Jackson on the Supreme Court. And she's got the microphones of the world. You need to help me lift up my voice. I need to lift up my voice and let it ring. To earth and heaven, lift up my voice is what you need to help me. Don't just sit there and judge me. Realize this. I am here to protect these innocent children. Who else will stand up for them? Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let us march on till victory is won. Help me. Help me help the children. Help me. There's so many things you could do. You could give. You could pray. You support. Tangibly. Who's going to protect the children? And God's going to ask you one day. God's going to ask that father, that soulless nine-year-old girl to that Muslim, why did you do that? God's going to ask you one day when James David Manning tried to help the children against what I believe in my estimation to be a liar and Judge Katanji Brown. And when he tried to defend that woman with all that power of the, of the microphones of the world in the Supreme Court. Did you help? Did you help my servant? Did you help him? He's going to ask you, did you help my servant save the children? Did you help him? Did you help him? I'm James David Manning, everybody. You know how to contact me. You know how to give. You know how to support. I'm the Lord's servant, and I always will be. Pastor Manning, you are the one. To preach righteous and truth. You're a sharecropper, son. Pastor Manning. The things you've been through. The Obama you. Tribulation Trump.
sing anyway. It's a long, dark road. 